When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Super excited to have them tonight because Roscoe is by far one of my favorite albums to come out in 2023. So super pumped to chat all things Roscoe and all things Long Island music scene. So John and Dan, what's going on, dudes? How you doing? What's up? What's good? Thanks for hanging. So I was going to ask like a bunch of like where you recorded and everything, but we pretty much, I'm guessing, got it in that video, right? So it looks like you guys rented a cabin in the woods and recorded an album there. Yeah, so how it went, um, our guitar player, Joe Rom, awesome dude, um, 
had like a uh, little like this is like his parents uh, Airbnb that they let us use for like two weeks and we just pretty much yeah it was wrote, uh, wrote and recorded this whole thing up there yeah no it was a uh, it was a childhood home for for uh, childhood summer house for for Joe up in Roscoe and uh, during like the pandemic we like went up there like for I had like three weeks like two, well actually technically four like one week at a time and then yeah Roden recorded like most of it like within two weeks or so during the during the pandemic nice so that explains why your drums sound so unique i'm guessing because you recorded in this like huge wide open kind of foyer or, or like living room that had high ceilings it it just sounds oh, yeah. like it was recorded uh, in a church it's awesome yeah it was uh what do you call it the 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 roof was uh or like the ceiling was like incredibly high and uh funny enough like we we had like enough uh we had enough like microphones and uh enough cabling to physically put it like throughout the house too so um we literally picked up like reverb uh like the whole reverb of the house itself um for uh for drums and nice uh, between that and I, I just I just love big drum tone and everything. So <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure if Tom was here, he would have went into way more detail than I could ever do because I'm not a musician. But it just they sounded like larger than life and sounded different than any other recording I've heard. And just you know, I I, I think like City and Color recorded an album in like an old church, and it had similar vibes. Like, I, that's what I was getting. Speaking my language, my man. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, that's a huge Dallas Green fan. But yeah, it was it was very, uh, it was really cool. Like, just being able to use the entire house or cabin itself as a, uh, a sort of conduit to make the sound the way we made it. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really funny, too, because, like, we, um, Joe, Joe got this, um, Oh my God! This plug-in for uh, for while he was recording that uh, you can physically capture the reverb of a room. So we set up this whole this whole PA system um, to like to physically do that. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of the weirdest. Dude, it was like a spaceship taking off. It was like, and then dude, it went to like every single like sound vibration you can like physically hear it yeah. was nuts it's crazy like how how technology has done that because so like i don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity to like um like impulse re like respond or whatever the ir like a cab like a guitar cabinet it's the mm. same exact thing like you literally just go into it and it goes it pulls yep. all the frequencies so that you have the exact sound like on your Kemper or whatever the fuck you want to use nowadays. Oh yeah, but it's just such a cool process. Yeah, it was it was definitely really weird at first. Yeah, we're it was... just like, what the hell is going? <laughs> on? Are we being abducted? And I was like, oh, it's just are we joking. signing into the internet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, were these demos you recorded, or is this like the finished product that you guys sent off to get mixed and mastered? 
So we, uh, we, call we originally recorded like a whole bunch of demos, um, a lot of like live stuff, live track, a whole bunch. And, um, we ended up, uh, you know, finally like recording it, recording it through like an actual like setup and had all these like preamps and all, like a whole, whole recording setup. And, um, yeah, we ended we ended up sending it to, uh, to, we actually, no, we we mixed it with uh, with with Billy from from yeah. Two Worlds. Um, he had this whole like a SSL board, and um, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to, to to go through the technical technical of it. That's it's more of Joe's uh, Joe's thing. But we were, we we mixed it with with Billy and mastered it with him too. Nice, sweet. So I I know the record came out on Refresh Records and. I was doing a little research and I guess the record label started in Charlotte, North Carolina. So like, how did you link up with those guys? So when, uh, so we originally were, were, were tied to, to no sleep, uh, no, no, no sleep. Wow. No hope records, uh, based in Philly. Um, and sadly during the, uh, during like the pandemic and everything, um, it's a very, very long story, but, um, uh, they ended up going like bankrupt, and um, funny enough, like it kind of, it kind of like put us in like a in, like a weird record limbo. Honestly, we were we were in a we were in a spot that um, that we were ready to to just put it out ourselves, like a year ago or so. And then, um, funny enough, like the the label actually got bought out uh, by Refresh. They uh, Refresh ended up buying out. Uh, no hope and this other label chill wave um, around the same time and um, they 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 were they were like like they bought out like the the catalogs like respectfully uh, res- respectively however you want to say it but um, they bought out both the catalogs but um, since we had the record and everything they were like well we were uh, Josh was really big fan of the record and he was like i'd like to um i'd like to you know sign sign you guys myself and physically have you guys on the label and um you know he brought sean from uh from from no uh from no hope with him too so um it was kind of one of those things that's like okay like we it's like familiar faces and uh you know people that like really care about the record too and like you know what yeah let's do it you know like they they've been they've been awesome to us and uh i really couldn't couldn't ask for anyone better honestly um but uh yeah no it was just it was just one of those things that like out of like a really dark situation like something really nice came out of it so you know as much as we're as we're waiting on it glad we waited a little bit you know yeah and unfortunately it doesn't seem like they're still in charlotte like is that correct? It, it seems like the label uh, might have relocated. They moved. They moved from Charlotte to to Ohio. Uh, but Josh just opened up like this new this new bar down there with like a couple of people. I'm pretty sure it's called Humbug. Um, mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's in Charlotte, somewhere in North Carolina. Um, fun, funny enough, we 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 were playing. Uh, the, the first leg of the of the record release tour, uh, we were we were playing in Cleveland, and he was just coming back. He just made it in time for like the show, 
coming back from North Carolina, driving nice. straight back from there. So, okay, I gotta check that. It you you think it's called Humbug? I'm pretty sure it's called Humbug. And, and is it gonna be like a DIY like venue kind of spot, or more just like a fancy trendy bar like that Charlotte has a million of? I have. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea how it plays out. You know. Yeah. Cool. Well, oh, I'll I definitely check it out. You, too. It's in Plaza Midwood? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'll definitely check it out. But um, I guess talking record release shows, I know you guys did a, a few different runs, and you got another one coming up in a couple of days. Um, I guess, how, how is the run going? How's the response been? And then the actual record release show, like I saw videos and clips and holy shit, that looks so sweet. That but, was, I think like I can speak for all of us where we all can like wish that we relive that night. It was insane. Oh, yeah. It was uh, right in our hometown or like home area, uh, right in Lindenhurst at this uh, brewery, Sand City, uh, Sand City South, actually. So there's just, like two of them, but um, yeah, our homies over there, like they were like, Hey, like, let's have your record release show over here. And we were all like, hell yeah, dude. It's going to be sick. And it was like, it was the coolest thing. Like, just, you know, the, uh, just the reaction from everybody there singing your stuff back. Like, I've never experienced that. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that as, as much as it, you know, um, no, uh, what do you call it? We're, we're, we're cool. We're good friends with, uh, with most of the people from, uh, from Sand City and, uh, it was it was one of those spot. It was one of those those times that like we had played like the VFW Hall over and over and over again. It was like you know it's it's cool to have a to have a new spot you know open up and all that all that fun stuff. But um, no, uh, it's it's it was it was really insane because like the record was only out for like, it's like not even a week. Yeah, literally like not even a week, yeah. and most like we we didn't we we weren't exactly fully prepared in the sense that i didn't i didn't put the we didn't put the lyrics like almost anywhere <laughs> <laughs> so no. people are just singing back what they think they heard yeah, yeah. no it, it was it was 95 percent accurate 95 percent accurate <laughs> yeah I think. coming from the drummer too so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah there's that and then also like our really good friends over at uh it's another local brewery by us this uh place called 27a our friends ryan and melissa cook they uh they made some beers for us and everything which is pretty awesome and um i mean i think they're actually like they just got them like canned and labeled uh i think earlier this week if not like around this time but yeah they like they hooked it up it was really cool and uh yeah i've never i've never like not not in at any point in my life did i ever think that we would have like our own beer or anything like that um and like fun, funny enough we did we did one for we did one for inner love and we did another one for uh for golden hour because all of y'all wanted to do just uh just a regular standard beer and i'm like we can't come on <laughs> yeah you know like something that's like something different so, you know. Yeah, something drinkable. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I, I, I came, I came up with something. I like, what do you call? It? I, I really, I really wanted to put like ginger and uh, and 
and uh, brown sugar into into one. And uh, Ryan was like, you know, I I like I like the idea in a pilsner. I don't know if it's going to come out well, but we'll we'll give it a shot. And uh, you know, personally, I I think the I think the golden hour beer is a little bit better. <laughs> Personal preference, but next time you guys are just gonna do a milk stout, <laughs> super yeah, heavy. Oof. Oh yeah, my breakfast god! In a can. Breakfast in a can. Yeah, dude. No. <laughs> so, so how is it like hand picking the locals to play the the record release? Because I'm sure, as like tied to the scene as you guys are, it had to be tough. Like picking from your babies to play, like. You know, you have so many homies that are doing great yeah. things on the island. We yeah, had, no, yeah, it was, it was, so uh, fucking friends, so many like amazing people in this scene where it was just like, I don't like, what is it? I like, whenever, whenever I, whenever I like to put together any of our like release shows, uh, whether it be like in, in the past, like table talk stuff, like that, like, inner love stuff um i usually i always like to do you know close close homie uh close homies band which was the guys in in prairie fire um and obviously we're touring with uh with bike roots also shout out to Uh, bike roots too from jersey they're the fucking best love those boys a lot and that they were they were one that like honestly even throughout like when we were talking about bands to tour with like they were you know like i've been I've been playing shows with that with with those guys for at almost a decade now, uh, which is an insane thing to say. Like some of the first like some of the first out of state shows I ever played were with uh, with Mikey Khan and yeah. um, and all of them. So that was a that was also a must. But um, I, I I like to put like on top of that too. You know, get the get the local uh what do you call it the uh the local veterans also you know uh getting saint hood to be the the fact that saint yeah. hood agreed to be on the show too was was awesome they're starting to re like record a whole bunch and um starting to get active again so that's really it's really cool to see them and like they're really big fans of the record too so even more so it was like yeah you know have them have them come on and then uh I always like to put like outside with all of that too. Like I always like to put like at least one younger band that like Ooh, you know yeah. one younger band that that doesn't really Hard, get yeah. you know I shouldn't say doesn't get a chance every once in a while, but you know like give the uh, give the the, uh, the the young bucks a uh, you know a rub or two. So um, yeah. Bad. Yeah, really bad phrasing. <laughs> really terrible. We're not gonna like, give it a shot. Give him a shot. <laughs> Guys sound like a pop punk band there. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> please, please. Oh God. Oh. Well, anyway, yeah, we like to give those kids a shot. Um. So yeah, the guys at the guys at Moose Creek Park, you know, um, they've been they've been honestly tearing it up like they're on Dude, their own. Fucking insane. Great band. They're so good. And like wa- watching them for like the past, like that, especially doing like the whole like. You know, booking local shows for as long as I've been doing it, like it's 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 really cool to see. Like, it's really awesome to see like a new like, you know, a new generation of of emo of emo kids, hardcore kids, whoever, like doing their thing. And they're one of those bands that really just put their fucking uh, what do you call it? 
are really grinding for it. So really a lot of respect to them. And that was another one that like, I, I just felt like yeah, it just felt right. You Straight know? up right, man. They're sick. And if I'm not mistaken, like to bring it like full circle, like how you mentioned, you know, some of the old school homies with sainthood reps, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when the sleeping played one of their reunion shows, didn't they reach out to you guys to to be the local support? Oh yeah, yeah. dude, that yeah. show was sick too. Yeah, was that like, was. It was like a very uh, like last minute thing. We got like a we got so. Yes, Chris that's... Smith. Chris Smith like reached out to Ryan, I think, right? No, but, well, it... he he might have, but like, what do you call it? I just. I was, uh, I, I've been, I've been going to the gym a lot this year, uh, like just trying to take care of myself. And like, there's one day that like me, me and two of my homies were, uh, Ryan Ecker and, uh, and, and CV were, uh, we're all just, you know, we're at the gym and like, they're, they were like, why are you so like nose deep in your phone today? Like it's, you're, you're like really bad today. And like, yeah, just Sal just randomly texted me and was like, "Yeah, uh, we got I got your number from Chris. Uh, we'd love for you to play. Like it's like next week or something." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, we, yeah, yeah." <laughs> like, like John hit us up in like our chat and everything, and we we're just like, uh, "Yeah, okay." No, I, didn't <laughs> even, everything, I, like... I didn't even ask them if they if, if they. Yeah, could. you just confirm. Like, yeah, those are shows you just playing. confirm and you hope it works out. <laughs> Dude, it was fucking gnarly too. Like, because it was like a day or two after their like initial sold out show, right? Like they had their one in Brooklyn, like the main reunion show, and then mm-hmm. that was like a last minute thing. They're like, "Yo, let's play AMH, right?" Yeah, and they yeah. sold it out too. I mean, in like seconds, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was like really early too. It was like a matinee show. There was something. Yeah, there was something there, like, happening. The we got day there like like twelve. That day, I remember, like, I was like closing the bar, and I was like, "Oh fuck, we gotta be here. <laughs> we gotta be here at twelve. At twelve, um, yeah. My kind of show. Can Shit, I tell like, you let's, that? Let's bring those back. Matinee shows <laughs> over thirty are like the best thing ever. Yeah, I would go to shows all the time if there were matinee shows on like the weekend all the time. That would be really sick. We did a we did a matinee show in Gainesville the last time we played. It was at like. Uh, high dive it was at um lucy's and let me tell you to play and come out and the sun's still out dude it's it's a weird feeling and then you get to be home at like 10 dude that's like a dream come true i feel like it's kind of like being in the casino like i've never been in a casino before but like i feel like that's what being in a casino is like like you don't know what time of day it is, but like you come out and like you're like a windowless room pumped <laughs> with fake oxygen. Yep. I don't know. It makes you it makes you feel like I don't know. I I like matinee shows. It makes me feel mad old because like I'm it's like I'm tired. I'm like after playing a show, running and everything like that. I'm tired as all hell. So you know, like the minute that it's like oh I'm gonna pass out. And it's like it's only ten o'clock. Come on, like I'm just a I'm used to being uh, a, two a.m., three a.m. Yeah. You know. Amen. Well, I, I know uh, you you guys have another string of record release shows coming up. So, do you want to quickly plug away where you guys are 
starting and ending and where you're going to be in between? Um, yeah, yeah we're, we're starting we're, in Boston. Yeah, we're playing we're playing deep cuts in Boston yeah, with then, uh, well, with our best friend oh, Vince and our freaking homies and bicycle. No, bicycle oh, no. in. Ah! Bicycle in. Bike is later on. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Um, yeah. Well, they're bikes. Yeah. They're bikes. <laughs> bikes. <laughs> they're all bikes. It happens. But um, no, we're playing. We're playing with Bicycle in Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt Moran and uh, it's band Nicotines. Um, at this thing, it's a it's a fairly new spot that's that they've been at, at uh, um, a few uh, what do you call it? a few promoters have been booking at called uh, called Deep Cuts and uh, from what it looks like on online looks awesome. Um, the day after we're in we're Camden. in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. At the space, it's like as we're saying, like <laughs> we're is Camden like, Yards, Long Island, DC, dude, DOC. Sorry, that's what Connecticut <laughs> is. Yeah, it is. I mean, just, what, what else? Just is if there? you took Long Island and just yeah, you you bought the DOC for Long Island. That's what Connecticut is. Sorry, no, I, I've been to shows <laughs> in Camden. It, it's the space, right? Um, no, 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 no. So there's a, uh, there's like a, there's like a DIY spot called the shop. It used to be called the church. Uh, they, they apparently used to do shows like right before the pandemic and everything. They stopped for a bit and like, they're just starting to pick stuff back up. Um, what do you call it? The, the guys in, uh, you know, that band cinema stare, um, awesome, awesome pop punk band from, uh, from, from Connecticut. They're really, uh, you know, um, it's cool to see like another, you know. There's there's a couple of there's a couple of cool bands from from Connecticut, and they and like they just put out a record this year, and like it's really it's uh it's really good. And like honestly, they're they're another band that's like working really hard and respect them a whole bunch. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they run that venue. Uh, okay. We're gonna be we're gonna be there. Um, at we're playing the- at. Um- we're playing in Brooklyn after that at uh, Bar Frida. Yeah, Bar Frida. Um, that's gonna be pretty cool. That's gonna be a good one, Bar Frida. Then, then we go to Philly. Or yeah, Philly Fear, and then Fear and yeah, Loathing. Fear and Loathing. Our homies in Fear and Loathing. Loathing. Fucking best. Shout out Ian and Cat. Yeah, love you guys. And then uh, there's also. And then, we're, and then we're and then we're South Jersey at uh, at Old Post. Right, so. Yeah, that's like that's in Merchantsville. Um, that's where Bike Routes is. Uh, oh, is so playing. yeah, so our homies in Bike Routes are going to be playing with us there, and I can't wait to hug every single one of them. Give them, all, give them a good old smooch. That's, that's some sick routing too. Shout outs to whoever whoever routed that because yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are like nice, like one and a half, two hour drives from one city to the next. Oh yeah, like, I guess the longest like, one would be last fucking tour. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we had to drive home from Cleveland on a Sunday. Me and Ryan had to be at work on Monday. You guys slept the whole fucking ride. <laughs> you guys slept the whole ride. Don't even give me barely. Don't get. Don't give me that. <laughs> You're you slept for like eight hours. You got nice eight hours sleep. Me and Joe drove the whole way home. Uh, also barely, but you know. Okay. <laughs> Um, we, we survived. We're, we're, yeah, we're back we, on we, the we, island. <laughs> when when you guys play deep cuts, can you uh can you let me know how that meatball sub is? Because I just pulled up deep cuts on on Google really quick, and they got a meatball sub with a pesto drizzle on it. 
Yeah, I've been seeing I've been seeing the, the food posts and I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, I can work with this. I think I'm I think this is gonna oh, be yeah, sick. Dude. There's a there's this place in, in Tampa that we played with our buddies and goalkeeper from Philly. And um Cooper, yo, I've fucking met those dudes a bunch of times. They're awesome. Hell They're yeah. such nice dudes. I fucking love them. Yeah. But so the the it's funny enough, the the bar that we played in Tampa was the same bar that Ryan, the singer bassist of goalkeeper, got kicked out of when he went to school at University of Tampa. Oh god. <laughs> but when he went to school there, it was it was like a like a dive bar, like all the underage kids would go there to drink, and now it they changed it. And it's it's called the Hooch and Hive, um, but they have um, it's a super nice venue. It's literally like a like an upscale like bar that has a stage that does punk shows. Uh, Laura Jane Grace played there actually, which is funny enough. Oh really? Like, an acoustic set, and um, they do a they do a frog wall waffle sandwich with jalapeno cheddar waffles. Let me tell you how this is the best freaking sandwich I've ever had at a dive bar, period. And also, it was duck. Like, <laughs> like I've never – usually, I'm just used Getting to, like – Duck at a dive bar? Yeah, no, it was wait, so wait, good. Duck? Yo, okay, you're, you're speaking my language. It was so <laughs> good. Yeah. Five Ds. Five Ds and dodgeball. That's it, man. <laughs> but, yeah, if you guys ever get the, the honor of playing Hooch and Hive and – in Tampa one day, get the frog wash sandwich. It is so good. Okay. All right. I love duck. It's so good, dude. <laughs> you are I am <laughs> you're a silly goose. <laughs> but so, um, I, I actually wanted to talk. I think Mikey, you probably were gonna dive into it, but talk about Roscoe for a little bit. I did because lyrically as well, like that is something that really stood out to me in the album. So who is typically responsible for the lyrics or is that a, a, a team approach? Dude, that's, so that's, that's, that's a big Ryan thing. Um, fortunately enough though, there were parts where like John, Joe and I had like the pleasure or like the honor of like being able to like throw some things in here and there. But Ryan is like the fucking guy behind it. And yeah. I mean, Dude, I don't know how he does it. I still, to this day, I've tried to write songs. I'm just like, fuck, this sounds stupid. Yeah, like... It's not usually that bad. I think it's... He, he must have something special. Like, like I, I don't want to, like, totally, like, blow your heads up and, like, <laughs> keep pumping, pumping gas into you no, guys. But, like... Please do. Please, truthfully, please do. Like, <laughs> it, it it gave me this like after the first time i listened from start to finish it had like lyrically something special like the greatest generation like the wonder years record like lyrically i related to so many songs like every single song i was like shit i relate so much to that shit i relate so much to that like same thing like when i was away at college like my parents sold their house and like i came home and like literally was missing half of my shit like it was just gone forever i'm like oh my god i totally relate to that lyric like there's just so many things throughout the album that i personally related to and it was just like you know the the little play on words are like uh like going crazy on the island or whatever or and then like you kind of flip it a little bit at the end of the song and like 
say it like on the island and i'm like yeah i needed to get the fuck off long island like i felt that to my core i was like yeah i need to get away from here for a little bit and never been back <laughs> yeah Don't like there's just so many things throughout the album and the only thing i can relate to is and then like relate it to is the wonder year is like the greatest generation that that is how impactful the lyrics were that's awesome man yeah. No, I I feel like I feel like it's it's one of those things that uh, we like. It's a it's I feel like deep down it's just it's it's mainly like a record about change in general. Even though like yeah, obviously it's about like it's very specifically about like you know losing your childhood house and and everything. But um, the way the way I've always I've always seen it, and like whenever even helping Ryan with a little bit of lyrics here and there, it's like all the songs really are about like, it really comes down to like, you know, losing, losing childhood, like actually growing up and everything. I would even say like not only childhood, but just like something that you're used to, you know, and like kind of figuring out how to like adapt to your new situation. Yeah. And I feel, and I feel like even like an, an out of, uh, what do you call it? Fish out of water, you know, situation like that. Like every, as, as, uh, I feel like everyone's kind of been in that everyone has been in that type of situation at one point in their life, you know, and especially when it comes to like, you know, us uh, like at, at our age and everything, like it's just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you deal with it more often than not. So, you know, it was, that's, but that's, uh, that's, that's awesome, man. Like, honestly, the same, same kind of thing, like greatest generation hearing that for the first time too. Like, dude, I was, I was like, I was like, what? Like, I, I, f I feel like I was like 23, 24. It's like, yeah, I'm not a kid anymore. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, it reminds me a lot. Like, when Mikey first sent it to me and I, I started listening to like the first four to five songs on there, the, 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 and it was funny because I think I, I texted to Mikey too. I was like, um, who, who are their major influences and why is it Winter Forever by Sea Haven? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, because that was one hundred percent the vibe I had. Like, I remember it. It's it's funny enough because I was never like, I was never like an avid listener of Sea Haven, uh, or back in the day. And um, it's it's funny because that album would I had it on a playlist and it would always come on after, um after one of the basement albums that had come out, I don't remember what it was. Probably like color me and kindness or it something. Was probably, yeah. It was probably like color me and kindness, but I had it on a playlist where it was like basement would end and it would go right into sea Haven. And there was a point in time where I kind of like got both bands confused because they had a very similar vibe at the time. Oh yeah. But I, I, I immediately heard that and I got taken back to that moment. I was just like, this is like I'm like I'm getting a lot of just like Sea Haven vibes, just like that kind of like new wave emo that had come out in like the the mid 2010s that got everybody like back into emo for a little bit. Oh yeah, and, and I'm like that's the I got that vibe like entirely from like vocally and instrumentally. It was such a cool like nostalgia trip for me. Oh, that's that's awesome Dude, too. I'm, that's so sick. <laughs> winter Winter Forever was like like. I wasn't I like I wasn't a huge huge pop punk kid like when when uh shouldn't say growing up but like in in really in general I was I, I was raised a, a, a prog metal guy but yeah. um 
No, like some like especially like during that during that time, like yeah, story so the story so far was awesome, undeniable band. But like once bands like Balance, Sea Haven, um, Modern Baseball, Modern Baseball too, like yeah. dude, when, once like once once that like phase of like Balance and Composure. Yeah, of like of like emo Man, bands. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, once once they started coming like coming up, it was like, oh my god, like this is everything that that punk punk that pop punk needs to be, and everything that emo needs to be. So you know, uh, Sea Haven was was very much one of the big ones. Um, it's funny enough you say like Winter Forever. Personally, I'm more of a Reverie Lagoon guy, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, the 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 forgotten son out of them, but um, no, still like Winter Forever was like a was a big one that got me through high school and through a few years of college too. So that's yeah, that's also you say that too. That one Ghost and a lot of uh, pianos become the teeth. Ooh, yeah, those were that was like my big listen to for like 2010 to like 2015. I was obsessed with them. Uh, Touche Amora was on there. I listened to a lot, a lot of Spute. Um, that was kind of like my whole vibe from like that period of time and then well yeah then there was like the wonder years and transit and other bands but i don't know i think i was like really sad for a good five years there (laughs) (laughs) weren't we all weren't Weren't we all all? (laughs) nation (laughs) the the Um, last thing i want to just touch on with roscoe before we talk some long island music scene and maybe even a little hockey is like there were at times where I was like listening to it and I'm like, this could be a like a pop country song as well. And I even like put it up on our stories. I was like, does this mean I like country music if I really love this song? Because there's like definitely Midwest, some country vibes in there. Midwest emo. Like I fucking hate I wouldn't say I hate country, but like No, I hate country. I, I yeah. truly hate country music. <laughs> Pop country, pop country, pop country. Yeah, stadium country is what I call stadium it. Stadium country, yes. Yeah. Like the Luke Bryan and like yo, dude. I'm not even kidding. Dow Screen, my fucking idol. I like have a I have a mural of him in my room. I'm not even kidding. Like Helga Pataki had. Can like I a hey share Arnold. a crazy Dallas Green <laughs> like, story uh, real quick? So, the year 2004, Crisis came out, and they played Looney Tunes in West Babylon. Oh my god, that was before it burned down too. Yeah, yeah. So like they played Looney Tunes and the album just came out because that's what Looney Tunes does. They do like you know, record release where they'll you know, if you pre-order their CD at the time, like then you come to the live show in in store. Yeah. And Dallas Green like sang clean vocals for like the first time in that looney tunes like they were like yo this is like dallas green singing clean vocals for the first time like it was crazy to think that i was experiencing that i would have cried i have i have one story that will make you cry then but hold Uh, on wait this story gets better so the same day of this record release midtown's album came out so (laughs) it was also a midtown record release and an Alexis on fire record release. And I remember pre-ordering both CDs and just seeing these two sick like bands at their, in my, in my opinion, like at their peak yeah. playing 
Looney Tunes, like a record store Tom and I would go to like once a week. It was crazy to think that that happened. Yeah, that's ins- that's actually insane. <laughs> that's yeah. really fucking so like that's legendary. You are a legend, sir. <laughs> so in, all right, now you can go, Justin. In 2010, um, Alexis on Fire and Law Dispute went on tour, and they came down to West Palm Beach, and we we drove up to go see them, and it was in. A- this weirdly, really weird venue called Ground Control, which is just like, uh, my internet's going crazy right now. Give me a second. Sorry, guys. We can um, still hear you. Which is just like a, a hall. And um, and everyone played an amazing set, but Dallas Green was outside in the parking lot doing a City in Color set for free. And I think, Matt. like, when, when did it come out in 2010? Um. That was a little hell, I think. Probably. Well, uh, it was before Little Hell because it was that was 2011. Because I remember that one. So he was doing some songs off of Little Hell that were unreleased, and he was mm. doing majority of Bring Me Your Love. I was gonna say Bring Me Your Love, yeah, yeah, too. And it was such a cool experience just to be able to kind of like see all of that unfold. Because I think I'm trying to remember like if if Law Dispute was playing Wildlife at that point yet. But it was just such a cool concert just to, like, see all of it in full. Yeah, like, Wildlife hadn't even come out yet. So they were, I think they had just played King Park, like, Kings Park for the first time. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. That's that's so sick. (laughs) Memories will never get back. Nope. Yeah. The glory days. I was going to say, you just remember this, and you just, like, planted it in my brain and i, was I know like, i just want to experience it again <laughs> <laughs> but yeah before we dive into some more memories and some long island stories i do want to let everyone know about our homies DraftKings. so download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use promo code thpn bet just five dollars to score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown's Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet of $50. $10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. <laughs> All right. So, you need to breathe for that one. It's a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. Crazy. But yeah. One of them down. Nope. But one. Like I mentioned, you know, Long Island is 
a very special place for me. And, you know, I, I, my mom still lives there. And actually this last week when I was visiting her, I rented a house out in Shirley and the person that lived next door used to run this venue called the wave out in Patchogue back in the day that I used to go to watch Tom's bands play at. <laughs> and it was just like, so cool to hear like just the bands that came through this really, really small, like I think it was like a Christian venue. And to, to think that like places like that existed and like kind of went away and we all know Long Island is a very expensive place to live and a DIY spot for pop punk and punk rock and alternative music probably doesn't pay the bills as much as you would think. So like when I heard, <laughs> nope. when I heard what you were doing with golden hour and um, you know, what you've done at the Massapequa VFW, like I really put my ear to the ground and I think it's so special to, to pump some life back into the Long Island scene. So like, I guess, can you walk us through, like, how did that work? Like, how did you get the trust of this VFW hall to be like, I'm going to put on some like punk shows in here. <laughs> like that's not probably their specialty. Yeah. Um, so no. Okay. So that, <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. I I'm, I'm forever indebted to those guys, to, to everybody at the, at the VFW hall, um, a whole ton. Um, especially for them to let us do half the stuff that we do there. <laughs> um, but no, there, it was it was one of those things that, um, yeah, even when you're saying like DIY spots, like if, between house venues, bigger spots like AMH, like the, like we had even flow, like we had like. Tom talks about the wood shop. I'm sure you used to go to shows there. Dude, rest in peace. There's a lot of there's a lot of venues that like that don't really last very long, and um, for a bit, like everyone in there and their mother was was a show promoter. Um, and I've been doing I've been I've been booking shows like on and off on Long Island for about like eight years or so. Um, between like common ground booking, um, we stopped for a bit because. Uh, our one DIY venue at the time did uh, what you call it ended up saying we can't do any more shows, so we stopped for a bit. Um, I ended up picking up with uh, picking up uh, Long Island Emo, and we were doing stuff through that too. And uh, there's a few places, uh, you know, on the island that like, yeah, I've seen come and go through during that time, and. Um, it got to a point where the only two real reliable venues ended up being uh, AMH and Revolution. And Revolution is like a 600, like 600 cap? 600, yeah, it was like six five or... to six, I would say. Yeah, and um, there, was, there was a show that, came, that uh, a homie brought to me and was like, oh, like, we never come down to the island. I really want to play Long Island. And you know, um, oh my God, it was a band called. Do you do you remember his band called Trench? They're from like they're from like Buffalo area. Um, no, oh like a God. hardcore. No, they were they were more like a they were more like a shoegaze type band. 
um, well, I shouldn't type band. They they were a shoegaze band. Um, a lot of like balance and composure type of stuff too. But um, yeah, no, he uh, we call it. They they hit me up, and uh, I was like, well, I had like I've been trying to get them on the island forever, just never lined up, and they finally want to come to the island. I remember hitting up AMH, and the date was booked already. And I was like, well, I know the type of shit, like, you know, like, I know the type of show that this is going to be. Realistically, I cannot put this at a 500, 600 cap room because yeah. it's going to look really bad. And yeah. uh, on top of that, I'm going to lose a whole lot, a whole lot of money. I also think there was another show that was happening that day um, there. So I, I was like, you know what? This has to happen. I'm like... I'm full on like this is gonna happen. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna try to get a, a a completely new venue. So I I it came to a point where I realized like it's been seven years since like shows at like Ethical happened and all the other VFW halls, any spots like that. So I just basically made my own little phone book and called so many spots. Like, I remember uh, there was this place in Ronkonkoma, Hungarian Hall, that um, used to do shows, used to do hardcore shows. And, like, because of the, because of, like, the metalcore and hardcore shows that used to happen, like, it got, like, I can't tell you the amount of places that told us, like, no, can't do it. There was a show here that happened years ago. None of the, none of the supervisors wanted anymore. Hungarian Hall was specifically one of them. That I called, and the minute that I said music, and they were like, do you mean like a DJ, or do you mean, I was like, no, it'd be bands, and the minute that I put, uh, that I just pronounced the B in bands, they instantly hug up, and I was like, Fuck. I, I was like, oh boy, alright, on to the next one, that was, that one was really bad, but, um, no, um, a few, uh, I, I even got to a point where I was like, I was reaching out to a few people and I was like, yo, uh, any play, anybody that's like had like a party or whatever recently at like a, at like any type of hall, let me know, tell me, um, it was, it was actually my friend, uh, I don't know if you know him, um, it's, especially if you're like, if you know, like Tom Vicario, um, I don't know if you know Mike Tamburino at all, um, Band uh, yeah, no. he's a great he's a great drummer too. He was in uh oh my god, oh my god, he was in a band with some with I think like one or two of the people in like Iron Sheik. It's like souvenirs or something. I'm I, I'm sorry, Mike, if I'm if I'm I'm blanking on the on the name uh, for the life of me. But he was he reached out to me and was like, oh, like this, you know, the Massapequa VFW Hall. We just had some like someone in his family's like party there uh, recently, and you know it's a great spot and everything. So I, I reached out to them and uh, I had no idea it was uh, the place is literally two minutes from my house. It's about like you know ten ten or so blocks, a little bit more, but like procrastinator in me loves that, and you know reached out to them and they were they were actually very uh, they were like yeah you know like we. You know, there's there's one guy. His name was his name was Bob. Um, that um, rest in peace, Bob. Rest in peace, Bob. Um, that you know, uh, 
gave me the whole spiel. Like I used to, I used to be in bands back in the day and all this stuff. Like, you know, so that was, so he let us use the room. And, um, that was one of the, one of the most strict I've ever been at a, at a, at a show of just like you guys, like, and like, I feel like I, I even made an announcement on the PA. Like if any of you guys treat this place like, like garbage whatsoever, I will personally beat the ever loving crap out of you. Like, yeah. like, like we are trying to make sure that there's a venue forever. So please don't fuck with this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember it, it wasn't, it, I think there was at most like 40 people that came to the show. Um, and I remember Michelle, who was, who's one of the bartenders there, uh, came up to me and I was like, so like, how did you guys do? Like, how was it? Any problems, anything? Let me know if there's anything that happened. And, um, no, she she literally she told me flat out like i i've worked here for five years not once have i ever rang up the amount of money that i rang up today in in my past five years of, of working here so yeah like it's if you can if you can do this like often i'm like yeah you know how many how many <laughs> yeah, times you like, wanted yeah that, we could do that I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we can do that. <laughs> so no. And, and ever since it's been, um, you know, um, they've been some of the easiest people to, to work with, like in general. And like that place is like a second home to me at, at this point. So, you know, um, it's, it's the, 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 it goes beyond words how thankful I am for them, like Michelle, John, and like every, the whole crew there. And like, you know, the fact that we started getting like bigger shows, like the Sound Majority show, like the, uh, like Koyo the Koyo show. show. Yeah. And, um, and, and everything happening there. Like, and the, and the fact that they've, throughout the whole thing, like they've been completely cool with it is just, is awesome. Mind blowing. But like, let's, let's talk about that Koyo show because obviously they shot, their music video for their latest single there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know the screen can sometimes make it seem like there is more people than, that than were actually there, <laughs> Dude, but like, like, it looked like, like at least 250 people, if not more. Yeah, we were probably over half there. It was, it was, it was but a lot like, more. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Like we had the backing of like the fire marshal or whatever. <laughs> we did not have the backing of the fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> show we ended up playing that too um but um flat out like that was that was one of the most stressed i have ever been at a show in my life it was a lot of fun like don't get me wrong it was awesome and like the fact that like the fact that long like most like i shouldn't even say most 
all of Long Island like loves that place too, and like the the support that the place has gotten for like from literally everybody has been amazing. But um, yeah, the fact that there was like three hundred plus people there, and like we had uh, we had a whole stage set up, we had huge lighting towers set up and everything, and like. I'm the one person that, like, everyone else is like, it's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. It's all right. I'm like, the walls are really thin. I can probably breathe on this, and it will probably fall in. Like, this is, like, a this is one of the big – it's the biggest show we've ever done there. So I'm really hoping that everything stays intact. I hope everything's fine and all this stuff. And people were going – going completely off for Koyo too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The fact, the fact that it was as wild as it was, um, like I said, uh, freaking the lighting towers were shaking. I'm like, I'm even, I'm doing sound. I'm like running sound while also being the person to be like, no one's doing any, any pick up that can over there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Between that. And like, I've got the, the lights like moving here. I'm like, I'm going to end up getting crushed by this shit. Like I, yeah, I was, I was like, uh, all right, cool. All right. Awesome. They want to play three more songs. Okay. We can do this. <laughs> See, like what John was going through is kind of like how he drives on tour. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's I'm crazy. The back I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to die. So. It's crazy because like, so I don't know. I don't know. It, VFW shows have primarily been a Northeast thing. Um, like in the South, like it never happens. Like I remember there was, there was one show. Um, well, two shows that I can remember. One of them was at a Polish American club. Awesome. Um, and it was Casey Jones, Evergreen Terrace. Um, and like two other bands. I don't remember what it was, but that was the last show they've ever done there. Um, because there was a dude that was just like, they had like a little fence to separate like the, the dance area mm. for the stage. Cause that's just what it was. And this guy would just literally like pick people up and throw them into the pit over the fence. Um, awesome. So that ended. And then there was a, I don't even know how the fuck this happened, but there was a, um, a Mexican salsa club that did that did a show once and it was um it was Amur Recon and and I don't remember who who the other band was but um they had this very like ornate fence that like like a barrier between the stage and like the crowd that was meticulously made and hand done and there was probably little animals etched into it um I've never seen more angry white people pull that thing down in my life they oh literally just God. grabbed it. Recon was just like, we don't want a barrier between us and you. And they literally just popped it off like it was a Lego. <laughs> and I go, this don't do never this at the Massapequa VFW, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, we don't do barriers. So that's the, so that is good. That's a good start, I guess. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they literally like, it was like, it was like 20 just angry white kids just grabbed it and like that, that that was the noise it made as it was coming off of the foundation of the stage that it was carved into. 
Oh, no. I mean, hey, when 13 by Recon comes on, you know. You got to you gotta go, man. You got to go. <laughs> I saw that band literally just working out out of their trailer. Like, they had a bench, a bar, and full dumbbell, and like, full weight set up, and they were just fucking, like, bench pressing outside before their set. I would just go home. I'd be so scared. <laughs> I'd be I'm so honestly scared. not surprised. No, neither neither am I. <laughs> Yeah, if I went to a, a show and the dudes were outside with dumbbells, working like lifting out. weights and yeah, working out, like, yeah, this is not my type of show. <laughs> oh my God. See you guys oh later. God. Yeah, no, fu- funny enough, like, I, I actually, uh, sometimes I, I work at the Paramount uh, in, in uh, Nonington, and there was, uh, I was doing load in, load out for, uh, Oh my God! For Trivium and Matt Matt Heafy, like there there was like this this huge box like that they had that uh, that they had us bring up and everything. I was like, I you know the joking around like oh what are the freaking like sandbags weights in this thing uh, whatever you open it up and it's literally all dumbbells this like this huge freaking um, oh my God I I, I don't even uh, like like almost like battle axe type yes. of thing um and, and just he was working out all like the whole the whole load in like outside and i was like what the? like i mean i would do that too if other people moved my shit for me after i worked out yeah no it was it was it was like it was like eh, it was like during slash while oh, Long story short, I've only that's the only time I've ever seen another band like just actively work out like right before their show or like or anything like that. It's crazy. Yeah. The extent I want to see a dude doing like physical activity before a show is like playing can jam or like flipping a burger and that's it. <laughs> or like playing like sauce pass or something. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Not, back or something yeah exactly i don't want a full weight set with a squat rack (laughs) (laughs) oh you you rather play frisbee dude honestly gotta play fetch (laughs) (laughs) you'd rather play fetch all right john's trying to be funny right now i'm hilarious but I, I guess before we let you guys go, um, you know, we typically talk a little music and hockey. And, you know, we were joking before we started recording how, you know, growing up on Long Island with the Coliseum being so close, like even if you weren't necessarily a hockey fan, like you still probably caught a bunch of Islander games, whether it was through your elementary school or like Boy Scouts or whatever it was. Like, to bottles, yeah. apparently. Never in Boy Scouts, but... <laughs> I actually was never in Boy Scouts either, but I know that they always had Boy Scouts at like every Islander game. So I guess uh, you know, Dan, we'll we'll start with you first. Uh sure. where is your allegiance? Are you are you an Islander fan, Ranger fan? Where, Ranger. where are you? T- Ranger fan. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know, 94. You were st- pretty young because I was pretty young. So yeah, like, I, was a, I was like one or two. No, I was a I was a fucking peanut dude. Yeah. I was like I was like I remember my dad's always like yeah like I was watching the game and you were sleeping on me or whatever. <laughs> and he screamed because they won and he woke yeah. you up. 
Yeah, he, he really wanted to uh, hook it up, but I mean, I'm sure I wasn't present. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> oh, no. since you missed out on that, wh- what would you say your your highlight moment was as a Ranger fan? Is there uh, any dude, specific moment? I would say, honestly, the 2013-2014 uh, run um, against like the LA Kings, like yeah. when it actually made us to San Diego Finals, and I was hanging out with like a bunch of my good friends, and like we were all just like watching this and watching the Rangers get debilitated. <laughs> I mean, it was just awesome, like watching the series go like progress on. But after that, it was just like. It's like, ah, oh, man, that one hurt. But, um, you know, hopefully, you know, with all the acquisitions made uh, during this offseason, we do something. I have no idea. But, I mean, even if, like, the Islanders were to, you know, do something too, I would be stoked. That would be <laughs> awesome. I just want to see a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. That's all I want in to do. I don't want to have to travel out of, like, New York. Yeah. Please same Same here. Like, that that's one thing I would love to come back for. Like I, I don't think I would necessarily come back to like watch one of the Stanley Cup games, but I would love to come back for the, like the parade and hopefully they like bring it back to Hempstead Turnpike or or at least like to the actual island and like have like Borelli's people up on the roof again and like all that shit. Like that's what I really want. That would be awesome. I mean, it would be less like Philly where, like, you know, literally any fucking playoff game, they start a riot just because it's Philly. That's Vancouver, too. Ooh, Vancouver. Those fucking Canucks. I got <laughs> I got, I got, got a question for Dan. Uh, What's up? I put my, my microphone here. Uh, what are your opinions on the possible return of Vladimir Tarasenko to the Rangers? I would love that. <laughs> you heard it here first. I would fucking love Tarasenko to, like, dude, his first game, he pulls, like, a fucking Tarasenko, you know, like, the one-handed backhander shot. Dude, I would love to have him back. Justin, you just pulled, like, a Sammy from Mom Jeans and uh, Just Friends. Like, have you seen the clips that he's been putting up from uh, Sad Summer? No, he has like this microphone that's totally blown out, and he speaks like really close into it. It just sounds terrible. I'm gonna find one for like out of time TikTok and just be like, "What are your thoughts on?" And just like, <laughs> but like, like, and like playfully, like I think there was a there was a reporter in New York that used to do it. He would just like get really close to the mic. He'd be like, "So, what are your thoughts on the uh, the fires over in Brooklyn?" And then he would like pop someone in the mouth with it because he would just go like way like, oh. too close to their face. I'm going to start doing that for out-of-time TikTok. It's going to be fucking great. I think you should. Oh, 100%. i got to find a little microphone attached to my phone. Dude. Oh, like one of the one of those little, like, like the dog, like, like what do you call it? When they're like, oh, interviewing a dog. Like, oh, what are your thoughts on this? On yeah, yeah, just like walk up to people and just be like, <laughs> <laughs> just be like, Steve Klein, give me your opinions on on his uh, departure from Newfound Glory. And be like, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> Just ask people random questions. I have a question for you guys. Like, what are your teams? So I'm an Islander fan. I'm a Bulls Uh, fan. Born and raised. Like, my whole family is is actually Ranger fans. But where I grew up in Deer Park, my across-the-street neighbor 
was the actual like PA announcer for the New York Islanders. So like oh, that's rad. he had a son who was exactly the same age as me. So like we would literally get off the school bus and his dad would be waiting there like, Hey boys, drop your bags. We're going to the game tonight. And like, what? I would literally be in like a suite with like Pierre Turgeon's family and shit. Like at the time I didn't like comprehend it, but then like, as I got older and like really understood what was going on i was like shit like i was bumping elbows with really important people and i did not even really know it at You're the time not nose kid yeah so like those memories so it's not really it's not nose kid you know it's it's more of just like it better that way if you ask me like it's you you're got, not like, as like oh my god this is whoever's you know something over here guy you know it's like that guy. yeah hey, buddy wipe your nose before you talk to me yeah, so there was really no chance like those kind of memories would like leave me and I would be able to root for the Rangers. Like that was pretty much it for me. And like we would play street hockey and his dad would literally go out there and like do play by play announcing as there was like Get 20 out. of us in the neighborhood. Na- yeah, 20 Dude. of us in the neighborhood playing street hockey. And it was the coolest fucking thing ever. That's so sick. Hey, he's got to practice too, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the way to practice right there. I guess. But that's yeah, insane. So. You had a professional announcer just go through your street hockey games. Yep. Dude, like, all right, really quick. I'm not even kidding. I literally have a fucking hockey puck in my bag just for like street hockey. <laughs> Hell yeah. You got to be ready to go at all times. Like, no joke. Mom jeans just like put up one of the videos and uh who did we have on here from mom jeans justin i totally forgot um he was in graduating life or with that that side project i can't remember what his name yeah well anyway Uh, he like had his luggage packed and then next to his luggage was literally his hockey gear like all of his shit like he brought with him on tour because maybe it wouldn't broken my toe you probably would have in some other way. Nope. Probably. I would have broken something else for sure, but not my toe. Dan, Dan. Oh, it was Bart. Bart Thompson. Dan, Dan on the first day of tour decided to, uh, to, to skateboard and break his toe. Yeah. I decided that. Yeah, he decided to do that. We had to do surgery on, t- on Dan's toe in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, I mean, I decided to fall off a fire escape in DC and I had to sit down and play a whole set at AMH the next day. So that was cool. <laughs> Cause I like completely what a, what like, I completely like, like my knee went like this when I fell. Um, and I couldn't physically walk. On it. Well, did you tell everyone that you also sat in a seat the entire set? Yeah. Yeah. I had like a fold out chair that they gave me. So I was like, we called that was Dave Grohling it, but Dave Grohl looked way cooler getting his whole foot wrapped up in a cast than I did sitting there in AMH <laughs> while people gave me drinks. They didn't. I was gonna say they didn't bring out like the toilet paper and start like giving you a bandage or nothing like that. No, I just got beer handed to me, like fed to me, like I was a child. Yeah, I got that too, but it was more. So... <laughs> Dude, we took like a fucking like red hot, like 
the eye of the sewing needle and like just our buddy Joe stuck it through my toenail. Oh. Like, to like drain it? Pressure, dude. It was fucked up. Oh man. Did he heat I up first or did he just like went through? I wanted to see it happen so badly. Yeah. We have like the before and after. So but, badly. I mean, but like did he like, heat up the needle DIY. before he did that or he just did it like like room temperature needle? No, no. we so you we would have to you know so there was like a there's like a blood blister underneath his nail. Yeah. And what you have to and and what they what they do, um what do you call it? What <laughs> what what real doctors do is they <laughs> we are a, real doctors. We're DIY doctors. Oh yeah, so DIY like, doctors. Um, uh, what what real doctors do is they put uh they put like a laser or like they have like a hot point and they burn it through your nail and then it alleviates uh what do you call it the blister pops and yeah alleviates the pain. Us on the other hand, uh three o'clock in the morning in a Pittsburgh <laughs> in a Pittsburgh bathroom, um Sam from from Short Fictions uh put Thank us you, up. Sam. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I got blood on your ceiling, dude. Oh on your God. ceiling? No, yeah. we're doing this story now, dude. Oh God, this yeah. is TikTok material. Yeah, Joe and uh, Joe, Joe was the one that, that that did it, but they 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 grabbed. We had to grab like we went to a CVS after a uh, after a Pittsburgh Pirates game that the Pirates got like shut out. I also made. I also apparently met Manny Sanguian that night too. Also, nobody cares about the virus. I, yeah, I don't want this blood blister. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm just saying, I gave it a little bit of context. We were, you were walking it on it all day. We went to a CVS, got, um, what do you call it? Got, like, a whole bunch of, like, of, uh, of, of alcohol. Uh, no, it like, was, uh, it was uh, peroxide, peroxide, gauze, and uh, some, like, medical tape with... Um, Paper clips. Yeah, we got paper clips. Um, so what we were doing was we would put it underneath a, a, a lighter um, and literally put it on his nail, um, hoping that it would it, it it would burn through his nail and do that. Um, it wasn't working. It was apparently um, the paper clips <laughs> were melting. So we grabbed uh he, he had a sam had a sewing needle on him we ended up using that and um yeah it took like it took forever i i was i was like sitting there waiting in like the yeah, bathroom yeah. was everyone just got bored and yeah. it like took like 45 minutes and like joe eventually got through the nail dude and when he did it was just like, <laughs> like dude it was for what i don't know what happened but like i know joe was wearing like this really nice like button down shirt and it like everything missed him somehow yeah he and got he got lucky dude he got, so he got lucky he got to see he got to see it all of a sudden like i'm sitting in the other room playing with the cat and all of a sudden i just hear ah and i'm like <sighs> yeah dude God damn, damn it i missed I, it I, content content <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would have gone on like Dr. Pimple Popper and that other dermatologist. It would have been all over that. Dude, you don't do pimples, but you literally just popped a blood blister on your broken toe. I didn't get to watch it. I just drank a bunch of beer about it. And then you yeah, you just passed out from the blood After flow. Cleaning it, but yeah. I yeah. just like I like After cleaning it. it. I was like, I think I'm gonna throw up. And then, you know, just <laughs> 
the day. <laughs> Did it actually feel a lot better once it Dude, popped? It was the weirdest sensation I've ever had in my entire life. It was like painful, but like I felt like I literally felt like my toe just be like, and it was normal again. And I was like, all right, cool. Just deflate your toe. <laughs> yeah, dude, literally. It's like, yeah, you just fucking bare like, grills your toad. Your toe. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. It's like if you were to take a ping pong ball and like just stick a hot fucking something into it and it just goes That's pretty much what it's like. I mean, not that you could really feel that, but whatever. It's close enough. Hey. Hey, <laughs> Tour, baby. Tour, <laughs> baby. Rock stars. <laughs> Do they put like do they put like coal in the in like in their in their urinals like urinal cakes in Pittsburgh? You know what? I never, I never. I mean, to be honest with you, whenever I'm in Pittsburgh, the last thing I'm looking at is a urinal. Is the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have no, I have no idea. I can't confirm or deny. I didn't see any when I was in there. It's just, you know, regular. I didn't know that was a thing. No, I just like to make fun of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. I, I hate Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, hate Pittsburgh. Hate I hate Pittsburgh. I, like I fucking hate it. Never mind. I really do. <laughs> I hate the Penguins, hate the Pirates, hate the Steelers. How can I, like, okay, I can I can understand, like, this, like, not liking the Pirates, because, like, they're just, nope. like, they're just their own, like, thing, I guess. But, like, how can you flat out hate the Pirates? Like, they just, let them, let them have one. Come no. on. <laughs> let them have something. No, nope, they're all the same colors of the Penguins. Brogies that run around the... Yo, my girl Hannah won that pierogi race. She was, she had the bag and she ran it. Nobody cares about it though. I care. <laughs> I met Manny Sanguian and he signed a, allegedly. A, no, it was it was him. It was definitely him. He signed a a Steve Bl- uh, Blass. Um card he signed a card that wasn't his that wasn't even his he was okay okay manny sangian was looked like he was pretty down bad but you know what he had he had his own barbecue stand that had mini pierogies and pulled pork and you know what he's a hero in my book (laughs) that sounds very sad I, I kind of want to try this pulled pork pierogi though. That sounds that sounds pretty. It good. was it was so good, and then at the end of it, he's just sitting there signing autographs. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take Manny Sanguian's autograph. Sure. See, but come on, uh, hey, two. He's a two-time world champ. He is a three-time All-Star. He was supposed to be on the plane that Roberto Clemente. Um, what do you call it? At his uh tragic uh plane crash on him and uh and barnes from selena and barnes uh-huh. together um he went down like john he, you're going down a rabbit hole that we don't need to go down right now wait that, that's not true selena and barnes the barnes was on that plane yeah with roberto clemente what yeah true story i did not know that shit not it's not. Oh. <laughs> it's not. I was about to say. I was like, hold on. The um, 
before before we close it up, the only the only celebrity that we have in Orlando that has a food truck that goes around selling uh, hot dogs is Joey Fatone from NSYNC. Dude, and that's he, sick. He, he has a – no, I'm not even to the best part yet. I'm not even to the best part. So he, his hot dog food truck is called Fat Ones. Okay. Instead of Fatone. Fatone. And, Fat Ones. I love it. And it's, he serves just quarter pound hot dogs, and they're so good. And he legit Honestly, works at it? Love that. Love that. Love that. He doesn't work at it, but he was at, like, the opening. Hell yeah. No one's – I he's love too that busy. Joey. He's too busy being the announcer for Family Feud. Is that what, what he's doing now? He was doing that for a while. Oh. He might not be doing it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the last time I checked on Joey. You know, we used to be boys. But, we used to be uh, boys back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Poor oh, guy. Man. Yeah, we, we, we've gone down the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> Once we start talking about just irrelevant in sync members, that's when we know it's time to wrap it up. But out of all of them, JC Shazay, no, Chris Kirkpatrick is the is the most, unknown one. Yeah, he's the most irrelevant. That is true. But hey, I'm I still I still like to like to imagine a world where where JC was uh took took the place of uh of, of Justin. Yeah, wasn't that like wasn't that like the the what the old showbiz showbiz rumor was that he was supposed to be like the like the star but just ended up being Justin Timberlake. I have no fucking clue. It was the ramen haircut, dude. Everyone well, wanted the I remember, ramen. Didn't JC try his solo career and it was terrible? It was not good. Yeah, it just did not, didn't work. Yeah, it happens. Ti man, you gotta have yeah, ti in your pocket. Yeah, I helped him through all of that. He played Master Peep of VFW Hall once, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What you gotta I'm get sorry, is sorry." Only only twenty people came out. Sorry, dude. I don't think it's working for you. You gotta get Frankie Muniz's band, <laughs> or what he used to he used to have a band called King's Foil. That's what you should have got to play. Wait, who? Frankie Muniz had a punk band called King's Foil. Yep. Honestly, what a wild life Frankie Muniz has. <laughs> isn't he like? Doesn't he? Isn't he a? Uh, he's in like, NASCAR now. You should know. You yeah, he's like a he's like a go kart driver. That's that's awesome. And hey, NASCAR respect sucks. Rusty. Respect nope. Rusty Wallace. Come on. Respect no, Rusty Wallace. I'm like in NASCAR's backyard, and I have not done any NASCAR related activities. As you shouldn't, because it's silly and dumb and stupid. I would love to see you race in a, in a NASCAR race. I would love to see you drive Dude, one. Go karts. I will go fuck you up. No, you won't. Yo, we're, <laughs> hey, we we have we have Mario Andretti go karts down here in Orlando. They go like fifty miles an hour. That's oh my it. god! Yeah, John's gonna die. He's probably gonna just <laughs> split himself. Honestly, <laughs> I you were being, not. I'm the, I was on the NASCAR guy. I'm the I'm the F1 guy. I'm the I'm the go kart guy. Just wrestling in general, like, racing in general. Yeah, I'm, like, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a racing fiend. With and like, I can drive. With I can five drive. Other people that are terrified of driving with him, and a van <laughs> full of like music gear. That's John. I would love that any. I would love to see anybody else handle a 12 passenger van 
going 90 miles an hour in in the rain i would love to see that that sounds terrifying yeah well, it's fucking awesome <laughs> see now we know why dan is terrified of john's driving thank yeah thank you at least you guys understand i appreciate yeah. it so i feel your pain brother so speaking of driving, John's not going to be driving to the upcoming tour dates that you guys have coming up. Where are you guys hitting? Oh, I, pro- I probably am. <laughs> so we got oh, it's only like, you know. Boston, Connecticut, Brooklyn, Philly, Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, F1 set up the entire track, go like the whole the whole route. I worked it out with them. <laughs> they love it. They love it. I'm just going to put a trailer to an F1 car. On this week's episode of How to Shave Off 17 Years of Your Life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the best driver. I'm I'm the best out of all of us. I get there on time. That's that's the great thing. That is. get there on time. Yeah. (laughs) And in one piece. And two less tires. Oh, God. Well, where uh, where can the listeners find you guys on social media and uh, streaming platforms? We're 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 at underscore interlove on on Instagram, uh, and and now on Threads. Oh, Threads! We're on Threads now. Oh, yeah, you're the first yes. band we interviewed on Threads so far. Hell yeah! Well, it just started yesterday, right? That's well, you Threads know what? They're is, the first. Threads <laughs> is uh, is is Twitter for Instagram. That sounds dumb. It is, but you know what? We're on it. We're all you know gonna what? do it. We, we did it. It's the cage match we didn't get. Past like what two and a half hours? Well, twenty-four hours. Like an hour and a half. Feels like two and a half hours. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna you know. Okay. Shave some years off my life driving with you buddy okay <laughs> yeah that's right you're going with me the rubies let's go hey. all right well yeah i but appreciate yeah. you guys hanging for sure and wish you guys the best on on this record release run that you Thank got you coming so- up and i will definitely be following closely all the six shows that you are doing at mass speak with vfw keep doing it man keep the scene yeah. alive i appreciate you Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. No well, problem. We'll we'll be in touch. See ya. Of course. Send y'all some love.